0: The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.
1: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of Southern Fried Soccer. Coming to you once again from Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta which hosted the MLS All-Star Game against Juventus on Wednesday night. The Italian legends defeated the All-Stars in penalty kicks 5-3 after a 1-1 draw. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.com. How are you, Jason?
0: Doing good. Pretty sweet to call uh, an All-Star Game. And it was amazing for everyone who made it happen. You know, everybody from MLS to everybody at A&B and the Falcons and, and United and our bosses at 92.9 uh, for believing in Mike and I to, to get a chance to call it and bringing it to a local audience. I, I believe we're the first local radio station to want to call the All-Star
1: Game. That's fantastic. Uh, that's I mean, that's really cool. Um, let's do some quick housekeeping. Uh, Juventus opened the scoring with Favilli in the 21st minute. Uh, nobody closed down a Juventus player whose name I can't remember. Uh, he had about five seconds to pick out a pass. Saw Favilli on the run in the middle. He got in front of Saman. Pass was perfect. Glancing header into the opposite corner of Brad Guzan's goal. Really not much that Guzan could do on that. And then Joseph Martinez, as he does all season, or has done all season, scored in the 26th minute, threw himself into a header, uh, avoided the post, crashed into a juventus defender as he leapt over another one uh, to put the ball in and tie the game at one in the 26th minute. Uh, game was scoreless for the remainder, though I think that the All-Stars probably had the better of the chances. Uh, went in to shootout. Uh, Fagioli, Beltram, Costanos, Fernandez, and Desciglio uh, scored for Juventus. Zuzi, Yatun, Valeri scored for the All-Stars, and then Bradley Wright-Phillips hit the post. Uh, and that opened the door for Desciglio uh, to put it away, and he did.
0: I I was intrigued by the match. You know, it was a young Juventus squad, especially in the attacking half of the team. And second half, I thought they kind of struggled to just get their foot on the ball and control the match a little bit. I think the All-Stars were, were getting control of it. Then the last substitution run kind of broke that rhythm a little bit, and it took a while to regain it. But... Good performance overall for me on the MLS side, the two players who stood out the most beyond the Joseph Martinez goal. Aaron Long, I thought was excellent at center back mm-hmm. and for for my money, if Dave Sarikin or whoever is in charge of the September friendlies for the US national team, Aaron Long should be on that team and he should be called in. He was the only starter on the field for MLS who had not been a regular for his national team, either in the past or currently, and he deserves that opportunity. I thought Ilyeh was great as well. I I really like Ilyeh's game, but, you know, as we've talked about many times, I appreciate holding midfielders, so... (laughs) Ilya is in my book as one of the better ones in the league. Um, Davies had a spark when he came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barco looked good when he came on.
1: Yeah, Barco did look good considering he hadn't played in a, uh, two weeks.
0: Good for him to get that opportunity, I think. This actually worked out really well that he gets the opportunity to get back on the field here in a match with some atmosphere and, and get some touches. And I think it's going to be good for him in the long run.
1: Uh, I thought Almiron looked really good for the second consecutive Mm -hmm. All-Star appearance. He and Martinez combined pretty well early in the game. They were just a touch-off in the final pass or the final touch, um, which is kind of understandable, I think. Um, But, yeah, I'm with you. I thought Long played well. Um, Vela played decently. I thought he was combining well uh, in the beginning. I thought Juventus showed the MLS All Stars some respect uh, with their choice of their lineup with Chesney and Goal, uh, Kadira, Emery Chan, new signing from Liverpool, uh, and Bernadeschi starting, uh, who you know is a future Italian star. Um, so that that was cool. I mean, it was a competitive game. It, the, the guys took it seriously. I think Martinez took it a little more seriously than maybe some of the other players.
0: I don't think in he knows how, how to not take it yeah, seriously.
1: In terms of how he was throwing himself into things is what I mean by that. <laughs> and Not that the other guys didn't want to win. Uh, but, you know, typically guys don't go into tackles. They kind of hold back a little bit. Uh, J- Joseph didn't appear to hold back at all.
0: Um, <laughs> Sam Stoich called from MLS Soccer tweeted out that, Joseph Martinez plays soccer, like, pre-FDA for Loco. (laughs) And that's one of the best descriptions of Joseph Martinez on the field that I've ever seen.
1: The one thing that we haven't discussed is that Lenny Knight set another record, a single-game MLS All-Star game record. We have to couch it that way because uh, there have been, like, doubled-up, Games.
0: The first one was doubled up with a a FIFA All-Stars against Brazil match at the Meadowlands, which was kind of cool.
1: But the new record is 72,317. So the records Atlanta United now holds, which you can find in my story that I've tweeted out from Doug Robertson, AJC, or on AJC.com. Atlanta United now holds the top five single-game regular season records, the top playoff record, the top season average record, and now the top single-game... All-star game.
0: They've got the Open Cup record,
1: too. Uh, Yeah, I forgot about that one. They've got the (laughs) Open Cup record. Um, So, you know, I asked Guzan, what is the next record to break? And he said, you've got to tell me. I I don't know what's left. Um, Of course, they can always break those records if they open up the stadium for larger crowds in the future. But that's down the road. Um, So now Atlanta United will turn its attention to Toronto. On Saturday, a huge game for both clubs. Uh, Atlanta United needs to keep pace with Dallas and stay ahead of NYCFC and Red Bulls. Toronto needs to keep pressure on the batch of teams that are chasing those 5th and 6th playoff spots. How do you see that game going, Jason?
0: It's an interesting one because Toronto has no margin for error anymore. So they're not going to be able to come in here and be super defensive and be okay with a point. They're going to have to open up a little bit. What was interesting about them last week is they came out in their three five two that has been their hallmark over the last few years under Greg Vanny. It wasn't working, and and Vanny has always had his plan B of going to the four four two that plays a little bit more like a four one three two. Because Bradley sits behind the other three and just protects the back four and and lets it be kind of two lines, two and three, in the the midfield and the attack. I'm curious to see what Atlanta United does with their lineup, especially with Franco Escobar out, because you could opt to match Toronto's base of a 3-5-2 and bring in Miles Robinson into the starting lineup, play him as a center back, play Gressel as a right wing back, play McCann as a left wing back. Or you're going to have to replace uh, Escobar with either Andrew wheeler Amenu or Julian Gressel as a a traditional right-back in a four-man back line, which I think you can do because of Eric Rometty's presence. Because it allows Lorenowitz to drop in as a third center back really comfortably, as we saw last year a lot. Rometty is completely comfortable playing by himself in front of those three. And you have that defensive structure and, and stability where if Gressel is a little too aggressive going forward, you're covered. You're fine.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's likely going to be Gressel at right back. I think Barco will move back into the starting lineup. Uh, Viaba switching back over to the right. Yeah. That um, would be
0: my guess too. Th-
1: yeah, um, but we don't yet know uh, if Barco is going to be allowed to return uh, from his two-game uh, what's the word I'm looking for suspension, for lack of a better word. Yeah, uh, not after officially. An act of uh, indiscipline. There we that go. That wasn't a question that we were going to ask Martino tonight because tonight it was about the All Star game. Yeah. But we will get a chance to talk to him on Friday, and that will be one of the first questions that I will ask. Um, and they don't have any other right backs right now because Zizzo is going to be out, I've heard, for quite a while uh, after an injury he suffered with the Twos. Uh, but the team is not released for how long. I think because it's been All Star week, so they didn't want to. Trumpet any trump anything that was going on with this, uh, but I imagine we'll probably get word on both he and Ambrose either tomorrow or Friday. Yeah, uh, but questions I've heard about Ambrose that, as well. I've heard that both are likely out for a while, um, which is a big blow because at Lightning Night it isn't very deep at right back, and there's really nobody with the twos that kind of can slide in. I think I saw the other day Gallagher played as a wing back.
0: He did. He played as a right back, and that's not something you could do at the MLS level. No,
1: not yet anyway.
0: It's tricky because you don't have a lot of time in the transfer window. And you really need, if you're going to go out into the market, because Zizo is your your cover at right back, Ambrose was your cover at left back, and now with Garza still out, you, you have to find somebody who can kind of do both because you're not going to go get two guys at this point. You need a utility outside back. And... It's going to be hard to go get an international one because of international slots and all that issue. So you need to find somebody domestic, and your best bet is a player within the league who is not playing, who is on a bench, and can play on either side and give you cover either way.
1: Now, Robinson has played fullback at Syracuse. But his offense wouldn't probably satisfy Martino. Defensively, I think he'd be fine.
0: Yeah, I think he'd be fine. I mean, you you can look back to the Anton Walks move last year, and it's kind of similar where Walks hadn't played much right back, but he had done a little bit in Tottenham's academy. Uh, Robinson primarily played as a right center back in a three-man back line at Syracuse. But when it would open up occasionally, he would play right back. I just don't know if he can give you enough to make it work. I think it's better to go Gressel there. Lorenowitz drops in as the third center back as needed, and Rometty plays the six by himself as needed.
1: That makes sense to me. All right, we're going to wrap this up here. Again, uh, Juventus, 5-3 winners in penalty kicks after a 1-1 draw over the MLS All-Stars. Joseph Martinez was named the MVP of the game. That's Atlanta United striker Joseph Martinez with 24 goals During the league season, on pace to shatter the single-season scoring record. Needs just three goals to tie, which he could get on Saturday because he's already got six hat tricks in his career. Um, A seventh is – you could bet on it, and it may happen, especially considering how porous Toronto's defense has been uh, this season. Uh, Jason, what do you have coming up?
0: Uh, We have Thursday Thoughts edition of soccer down here. I don't think it's going to be an overreaction Thursday. There's nothing to overreact about after a night like tonight blogtalkradio.com slash soccer down here. And then Saturday we will have a tailgate edition live from the Gulch with our buddies in the faction. That will be it's a 4, out, four o'clock kick, so we'll be out there at 12.30 uh, to kick things off. And then all of the festivities on ninety two nine The Game with our five stripes countdown 30 minutes before kick and full-time report for an hour after the final whistle.
1: I'll have uh, something about how the Atlanta United players did. uh, Probably one story with how Atlanta and Mercedes-Benz Stadium looked to everyone uh, during this week. I should probably say that I really haven't heard anyone say a bad word about the city and the stadium tonight or this week. Um, I think it acquitted itself very well. I don't think the All-Star Game will be back here anytime soon because there are so many new stadiums that are opening and the league rightly needs to kind of spread everything around a little bit um but y'all should be proud of yourselves i think uh those who support atlanta united in soccer in the city uh it it really was a fun experience i kind of i didn't get to do a lot of stuff because it was in the city and i was driving home every night unlike chicago last year um but listening to uh, you know, the soccer eagle and, and the other shows, Counterattack, and all those guys, they were just gushing over how the city has embraced the sport, embraced Atlanta United, and consistently shows uh, how Major League Soccer can be uh, in a lot of different places. It's just a matter of writing the checks and, and having the wherewithal. It's, it's funny to me that th- this happened last week. Montreal manager Remy Gard was one of his first comments after the game was our two losses last week have been to teams that are either more established or have more resources ok the, my problem with that statement is Montreal is paying more in guaranteed salary this season than Atlanta United their owner is not a poor man no MLS owner is a poor man you can write the checks you just got to have the guts to do it, to put the money in places that the revenue is going to come back, put the money in transfer fees so you can get players that you can develop and sell. I know it's scary because until Alfonso Davies, it really hasn't happened um, in a long time. But it can be done, and that's kind of the next step for MLS. Um, So owners that are crying foul or just don't want to spend the money, there's money to be had. They're smart men. Arthur Blank is proving it. He's not just spending money for fun. He is a businessman. He didn't become a billionaire by throwing away money.
0: No. And and I think it's even beyond that. I think what I would challenge people in, in other markets to do is to go out and not be afraid of talking about soccer to people that are new to it. And that's something that I think is, it gets lost here occasionally when we talk about the Atlanta soccer scene and the international community and everything that's come together. A big chunk of people who come out to Mercedes Benz Stadium on the regular to support this team or watch on Fox Sports South or Fox Sports Southeast or listen to us on 929 The Game are brand new fans. And they have been swept up in all of the excitement around Atlanta United. And I think too many times soccer fans and soccer media and soccer pundits have not been willing to have those conversations and welcome people in and it's almost like it's more comfortable to stay in the the, the soccer bubble and just talk to people who have some experience in the game but that doesn't grow the game that doesn't change it and that's not that has nothing to do with why here. The fact is Atlanta United is at that same dinner table of Atlanta sports as the Falcons, as the Braves, as the Hawks. It's treated the same way because it is the same way. Other markets, even your Seattle's and Portland's, I don't think it's treated that way, and I think some of that is down to the, the soccer community doesn't want to open its arms up to new people coming in. I want that to change because I've seen it firsthand here how if you're willing to, to talk to people who are new to the game, and yes, they might ask a question that you think, well, anybody should know that. If you don't answer it and be willing to try to educate a little bit without talking down to people and being rude about it, you're not going to grow the game. And I want to see soccer people take that on and... And try to grow the game, because it's here to to be grown, as we're seeing in Atlanta. I hope this changes the model, and I hope MLS and I hope soccer in the United States can drop the inferiority complex, can drop the thought that, well, it's nice to have our our 18,000-seat stadium, and that's really good for us. Think bigger. It can be bigger.
1: All right. That's another edition of Southern Fried Soccer. I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Follow me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope you'll subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You know, there aren't too many MLS teams that have full-time beat reporters uh, who travel to every game. Uh, I might be the only one to do that. We need revenue. We need subscribers. We need you to click on the links. Need you to share the links. Need you to keep talking about soccer. Thank you.